What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
Morrow here from Grunball. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. With us on the line, we've got none other than Bryce Hudson. They call him Soap Boy. How's it going? <laughs> it's going great, man. Going great. Just a, uh, another beautiful day in here in Southern California. Beautiful Southern California. A whole lot warmer than the uh, the cold and dreary fall that Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada is experiencing right now. But uh, that's what time. That's the the. That's kind of the norm for this time of year for us. You guys don't really have much in the way of seasons, but uh, uh, things are a little bit hotter than usual with some forest fires down that way. Tell me about it a little bit. Yeah, man, we've had a, uh, a late winter coming in. It's been a little hot the last couple of weeks. I'm um, starting to cool off, but last little windstorm of the season seems like it's coming through this week, and uh, we've got a couple of wildfires, local wildfires that are raging right now, so we've been watching that on the news, um, just hoping everybody's safe, trying to get that out as quickly as possible, so... Um, inconveniently, those are popping up left and right around all around town. So hopefully, um, they got enough help to put it all out. But other than that, um, just kind of hanging out, enjoying the afternoon. Now, Bryce, you've been on the hit list for quite some time as far as guys that I'd like to talk to because uh, not only are you a rider, but you're a businessman. And it took me calling up a very short, stout little Australian guy who happens to be pretty good on a motorcycle for us to finally contact and and, and get on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, might you know who that uh, that young man is? I think I know exactly who you're talking about. My good Australian friend, Jared McNeil, the man from Down Under, the man with the dirty whips himself. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, him and I are good friends and always ride together, and uh, yeah, we always plug each other, so glad he put in a good word for me. Absolutely. Great. Very well spoken, and uh, he's got a bunch of time on his hands lately because he's no longer one of your riding buddies, probably more someone that's hanging out on the on the, uh, on the the sidelines <laughs> just wisecracking because uh, with a bum knee, he's been out for a little while. Yeah, unfortunately, he's actually been pretty good the last couple of years. He stayed very healthy, and then uh, this last year, maybe we're just getting old months. and we're more brittle, but uh, yeah. He dislocated his hip and then got back into it, and uh, I don't know exactly what he did to his knee, but it sounds like an ACL and meniscus, so hopefully he'll be back better than ever. Um, the damn kid never stops moving unless he does get injured, so maybe this is what he needs to sit down for a little bit and chill out. I have no idea. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, Jared McNeil, an abs- uh, you're basically your unanimous uh like best whip uh, artist of uh, of the, the the mid like the 2010s. The guy is absolutely sick. Uh, two stroke, four stroke, you name it, absolutely gets it done. And uh, and and his efforts this last year with the step up is actually something that maybe have put you a little bit more on the map than ever. With the fact that the two of you are doing a bunch of practicing and getting ready for that particular event, I think that event in itself put a whole lot more eyes on Bryce Hudson than uh, ever before. Yeah, you know, Jared and I, uh, like I said, we're good riding buddies, but we're also competitors when it comes down to it. And I mean, honestly, he's a uh, he's a very well-rounded motorcycle rider, and I'm not afraid to admit that um, he is a better dirt bike rider than I am. I feel like, 
Um, but at the same time, I think uh, people can be beaten in when it when it comes down to contests specifically. I think where I've excelled is really being able to break down the contest and ex- excel on my strengths and kind of pass on my weaknesses, you know, and just try to cater to that and use the rules and regulations to my favor and maybe make some bike adjustments people don't know about or this or that. And so um, that's always been helpful to me. But thankful to Jared, he, he got a new piece of property out here in uh, Temecula area. And uh, we were able to build a, a practice course in his backyard and just practice on the daily, you know. So we were able to really get a competitive advantage over everybody else. I mean, some people do practice, yeah, but I think uh, him and I just being able to practice together in the backyard and kind of treat it like it was a contest really, really helped and pushed us. Um, and then when we came contest time, like, dude, we were ready. Like, we didn't even need to practice. We were like, you know, we jumped the jump a couple times. We're like, dude, we've been doing this all month. We're ready to go. Let's go. And um, and I think it showed in the riding, you know, and, and again, um, we went one, two, uh, Jared beat me straight up and I, I was happy with my second place finish and um, it, it was what it was. So we'll have to come back next year and uh, try to knock him, knock him off. Knock him off. Absolutely. The two of you guys seemed uh, more prepared than anybody else for that particular event, whether it was bike setup or just com- being comfortable with that, that, that style of lip. It's not something that you see in a lot of, uh, competitions or at all in, in, in regular riding. Um, like when you guys were dissecting it, kind of backward engineering, uh, the, the bike setup and, and coming into the lip, what were some of the bike changes that you guys were able to make or, or, or kind of like, uh, like unique setups for step up? Yeah, I mean, for us, I mean, uh, it used to be back in the day, you would just ride what you brung, whether it was your freestyle bike, motocross bike, whatever. But lately, um, him and I have both done some engine modifications to make it a little bit torquier, you know. You don't really need the full top speed. You're only staying in either first or second gear, depending on what your preference is. So that was just building a nice beefy motor. And then and then suspension, you know, we, we both went with super stiff stuff in practice and practiced with it for a while. And then it felt good, and then like a couple weeks into it, we were going even higher than we were the weeks prior, you know? So we're like, shit. So we ended up stiffening our suspension again and went even stiffer, and now it's like it's like rock hard, you know? You you couldn't even do half a lap on a motocross track without getting arm pump on the thing. Wow. So um, that, and then, uh, then there's a couple other tricks of the trade that I'm not going to say. I'll keep top secret, but um, we make Fair a couple... Enough. You know, some tire things, maybe some wheel stuff and some little little stuff here and there to try to make sure you don't clip the bar because when you watch step up, like anytime somebody hits the bar, it's not like they hit it by like a foot and a half or two feet. You're like you're always nicking it by just a little bit, just an inch here or a half inch or or even one year I had my exhaust blow the bar off, you know, from pinning it and it blew it off. So <laughs> it's like oh, just little stuff like that um it adds up and um you know, just through my years of experience, I'm able to share that with Jared and then his riding skills. I get to learn from him on how he does starts and whips and stuff like that. So we just, we just kind of learn from each other. Well, no doubt. And like, like, did they actually count that as you knocking the, the, the pole off if you're exhausted? Yeah. Because that is, that is ridiculous to me. I don't, like, yeah, it didn't make sense. No, like you did not come in <laughs> contact with it. Your motorcycle is exhausted, but I think that I did not know that. And that is, uh, I think, an asterisk as far as a knockdown is concerned. I do too. Cause there's times where people have hit the bar, like you literally hit it and it like will bounce or something or wobble and then it still stays on there. Yeah. And, or like you just get lucky, you know, like that thing should have fell off. But I almost feel like, well, if you hit the bar, then, it should count as a hit. You know what I mean? Like if in football you step on the sideline 
but you caught the ball, it's out of bounds, you know? <laughs> That's it. It's out of bounds. But, hey, yeah. if the bar stays up, it stays up, I guess, and I'm okay with that. Fair enough. Now, uh, a lot of attention uh, to that silver medal, but also to uh, the back of your jersey, which uh, which supported uh, not a name, not a name, but a nickname, and uh, that was nothing other than uh, Soup Boy. And I assume that you're like a big fan of like, Soap New England Boy. Clam, Soap Boy, chow- Soup Boy. clam chowder, or maybe it's like uh, Campbell's Chunky. Like, what what is the soup that you like so much? No, no, you got it all wrong. It's not Soup Boy. It's Soap Boy. Oh, Soap Boy. Okay, you'll have to explain <laughs> that for me. <laughs> that makes more sense. Not Soup Boy. No, I own a soap company down here. It's called Grip Clean. It's a uh, all-natural, heavy-duty hand soap that I created a couple years ago. And I, I mean, I basically designed it out of a necessity. I was always working on motorcycles, yeah. getting dirty, greasy, grimy. And um, I'd use the products that were out there, particularly Gojo, the orange soap everybody's familiar with. And... uh and I thought it sucked, man. It left nasty residue on my fingers. It left them stinky and gross. And um, I just thought, man, there's got to be some better products out there that, one, clean better and, and have a better after effect on your hands. And after researching a bunch of stuff out there, I didn't really find anything. And um, I sustained a big injury back in 2013 and was laid up on the couch for a couple months. And that was kind of when I had a realization, like, man, I can't, I can't ride motorcycles forever. You know, this stuff happens. What can I do? to still kind of create a company that's in the automotive industry that I love that maybe I can fall back on after riding. And so that's when I kind of started geeking out in the garage and I started making some concoctions of soap and researching it, learning how to do it. And I ended up making a, um, a really good formula that worked extremely well and had a bunch of my friends test it and gave it to some race teams. And um, next thing I know, everyone was like, hey, we use that stuff all week and we, we really like it. Can you get us some more? And then, um, and that was it, dude. I I put a name on it, and um, and here we are today. <laughs> and so that's why they call me Soap Boy because uh, I was always mixing concoctions of soap in the garage. <laughs> Fair enough. Nothing to do with with so so soup or anything like that. Leave the bowl and the spoon at home because we're we're cleaning our hands with uh, with grit clean. But uh, it, it's not even just your hands. Like I've used this stuff as like uh, like facial exfoliator, uh, like body wash this stuff is to go anywhere do anything clean anything stuff and uh honestly like i, I first uh, got to use like an actual like the full product in uh, a friend of mine's place in california where i was staying last february last january and february uh great product and i had to go get some for myself and uh i'm, I'm just about out so i'm gonna have to restock <laughs> yeah, you, is that why we're doing this podcast so you can suck up and get a couple bottles? <laughs> I've never no, been say, known uh, to do that whatsoever. But if if that did, if that did if end up is. happening, I wouldn't complain. No, of course, no. It's a great product, like you said. I mean, I designed it for uh, grease and automotive. But next thing I know, like I use it for a face wash. My lady uses it for a face wash. I mean, it takes off hair dye, tanning lotion, makeup. I mean, people send me photos. They clean their bathtub. Their stainless steel sinks with it. My mom cleans her oven, and it, and it just kind of has transformed into this miracle soap that does so many things, and um, I couldn't be happier with it, man. I mean, it's, the product speaks for itself, and, um, and I'm just super stoked the way that it's going. So uh, there's not too many motocross racers or motocross riders at all, freestyle guys, you name it, who could show up to uh, the, uh, the Shark Tank and step in front of those 
high profile <laughs> entrepreneurs and first of all even be able to give any type of a uh, proposal or or uh, like just uh, give a speech by any means you guys not only went in there but you guys went in there with purpose and delivered an amazing proposal and uh, and I think that you guys are can be should be really happy with how that turned out yeah, the whole Shark Tank experience, man. I got to say, I've done some TV stuff in the past and having appeared in X Games and stuff, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, all right, I can get in front of a camera and some people, and I'm not a shy person by any means, and I enjoy talking to people, but um, that was by far the scariest thing that I've done in my life, just besides jumping dirt bikes, you know, um, which is out of my realm and out of my comfort zone, like you said. I mean, it's in a different demographic, talking to these big business people, they ask all these different types of questions, this and that, so... It was a lot of prep leading into it, both the speech and the product and making sure I had the business set up right to where, you know, they're interested in being involved in it, you know, and they want to be a part of it. And it's not just a, a mom pa operation anymore. And um, yeah, so a lot of preparation went into it and um, I, I couldn't be happier with the outcome the way that it went. And so uh, it's cool to hear that. It's cool to hear that when other people say that, you know, like, hey, this dirt bike rider went in there and crushed it, you know, it made it. He made the whole sport look good for all of us, you know, which I think is true because a lot of the times people think we're us dirt bike riders are, are kind of dweebs and we don't really know much. And that's why we ride dirt bikes. Um, but if there's one thing that I have learned through riding dirt bikes, it's that all the people that are actually really good at riding and have made a good career for themselves are actually very smart people. And that's why they got to where they're at. You know, they weren't just good on a bike. They were, you know, skillful, charismatic. They know how to socialize with people, network, and just being able to get where you want to go. You know what I mean? Setting a goal and ambition and getting there. And um, and that's one thing that all these top athletes have in common. You know, we have a, a common core of uh, going after our goals and dreams. And that's what we set when we were kids to become professional athletes. And we went against the grain and did what we wanted to do and accomplished it. And um, I think that's something that most people don't really have or not born with you know absolutely i've often said some of the the best and most successful uh, professional motocross riders uh, whether it's freestyle or or motocross racing and supercross racing are are just straight up entrepreneurs in in the way that they approach how they they market themselves how they treat their performances as a business because let's be honest like, like almost all of the the revenue that can come in unless you're winning contests or or, or getting uh, podiums in supercross it's sponsorship dollars and 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 uh, putting together contracts with sponsors that can get you that contingency to, to kick in extra dollars with certain incentives and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you need an entrep entrepreneurial mindset to, to know what that value is and to be able to even add value to a company when like you, you have to know how to be able to move product for someone rather than just being like going into a business and be like, yeah, I, uh, I get, I, I make night shows. So can I have a couple thousand dollars? Like it, it's not, that's not how it works. Yeah, I don't want to just put a sticker on your bike just so you can roll around the track and people can look at it, you know, like what kind of value can you bring me? And and that's something that I learned early on, especially working with promoters and, and riding was I really tried to treat it as a professional sport, like you were saying. And I know I wasn't the best freestyle rider years ago, but I got a lot of gigs because of it, because I would I would email back quickly, you know, I would email back professionally, I would text back, I, I would make schedules, I would make sure I was not late to my flights. I'd show up to shows on time. And, and just being an easy person to work with went a long ways for me in my career, you know, compared to some people that, you know, a promoter's trying to book a show and they can't get a hold of you for a couple of days. They're going to book somebody else. You know, they, they want to hire people that are easy to work with and 
And same with sponsors, you know, somebody that's professional on and off the track and interacts with fans and how, how can you help us grow our brand, you know, and that's something that I learned early on. And, um, and it's something that I think is kind of funny because now that I own my company, I, I kind of get some people that, um, contact me for some sponsorships, you know, whether it's race teams or car companies or whatever it is. And, um, honestly, it's kind of a joke about the, some of the people that approach you and the way they approach you, you know, like they send a whole long email wanting to get sponsored, but they didn't even proofread the thing. And it's a run on sentence and yada, yada, yada. Oh, I could help your company, blah, blah, blah. But the kid can't even help himself in his own grammar. You know what I mean? So how can he help me? So Exactly. Um, He's not going to take the time to, uh, to, to, to just proofread a, a simple email. How are they going to make sure to uh, uh, get the right sponsor plugs or, or make those social media posts that they promised or this, mm-hmm. that, and the other thing? Like it's, it just, it, those things are, are instant red flags. And I think that's honestly what holds back a lot of riders or uh, like just those who are looking to, for support in, in any particular fashion. Yeah, I mean, it's totally true. It's just your level of professionalism. And I'm, I mean, I've always been a firm believer that the way you do anything is the way you do everything, you know? So, I mean, it's like, oh. I don't know, I, I like, it's kind of deep, isn't it? So, it's like, totally. you know, I judge people on like, you know, how they're, the cleanliness of their car, the way they take care of themselves, their motorcycles, everything. And if you can't take care of the things that are closest to you that you love the most, then how are you going to take care of things that I love, you know what I mean, that, that aren't even in your interest? So, I kind of take that stuff seriously and um, people don't understand. I'll, I'll, I'll lay into some kids on the internet, not in a mean way, but I'll tell them exactly what I told you. would be like, you know, I'm not interested in sponsoring you because of this, this, and this, and don't take it the wrong way. I hope you learn from this experience and, and come back to it. But um, yeah, I've had to turn some people away and, and hopefully they can learn from it. But yeah, that's an important part of being a professional rider is just all around professional, treat it like a job, you know? Oh, absolutely. I, I've, I've been, I, I'm an example of that. I, I've had in the past, uh, e- emailed and I tried to put together an email. I was a lot younger, uh, for, for like to get either get a podcast or like, this is only even like, two or three years ago. And, uh, mm-hmm. there's one person that is like, I would love to come on your podcast, but I can't get past the, the glaring grammatical er- errors in your email. I highly advise that you, uh, that you start doing more reading so that, uh, you can like, um, develop better sentence structure like talk to you then mm-hmm. and i was like holy crap <laughs> and that was season yeah, i only started uh-huh. doing a podcast like three years ago so yeah yeah i mean there you go that's a perfect example you know so but i mean yeah so that's a good lesson hopefully somebody could uh relate to that and maybe take some value out of it <laughs> hey everyone let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly then we'll be right back to the podcast thanks for listening FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. Amigos with Bran. Apple. 
handle these amigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Bryce Hudson, and when I'm not out there uh, mixing soap or twisting the throttle, I'm over here listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing products. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia, and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the Viral brand.
For sure. Now let's talk about Bryce Hudson, the freestyle rider. Like what, what is, what makes Bryce Hudson, uh, fun to watch? One of my favorite things about, uh, freestyle guys is that the overall impression, they just have, like certain riders just have a way they accentuate tricks, the way that they, they put an exclamation point on things. And of course, everyone's got their signature trick or something that they really get completely extended out on. What, what, like, if you were to kind of explain the experience of watching you do what you do, how would you explain it? Yeah, I think for me, uh, what stood out at a younger age and why I kind of excelled was was my smoothness. You know, I didn't necessarily have massive tricks or anything that really, really stood out, but I was just had good all-around bike skill, you know. And a lot of the kids, when they're coming into freestyle motocross, they think they could be just ramp tramps and just jump a ramp and learn tricks. But nowadays, there's so much more bike skill that's involved, you know, having to whip the bike and corners and and the courses that you ride are not just a single ramp and landing, you know? So what somebody told me when I was younger was just, dude, like somebody told me, like, you got it. I don't know what it is, but you got it. And what I always figured it was, was just being the smoothness, you know, I always landed on the landing, the right spot. I always jumped. I was safe. I was never sketchy looking. And, um, and I always rode within my limits too. You know, you see some kids that were out there trying things that they really shouldn't have, especially at times when they shouldn't have been trying it. <laughs> And so I, I think I was always really smart at seeing the bigger picture of, okay, do I take the glory now or do I uh, try to make this a long-lasting career and make this last, you know, and would and kind of know how to put the brakes on in some cases, you know. Um, sure. So I think that that's what's kind of stood out because people were like, hey, we know he's badass. He doesn't need to do this. And look, he's also smart. He didn't do that. Um, and then having the smoothness and then uh, also being able to open up a can of whoop-ass when it comes down to it in some of the events um, just – just I, I feel like I always did better under pressure than in practice, I guess. Like some people like to crack, crack under pressure, and I feel like even some of the amateur contests that I did, I just I really excelled when eyeballs were watching me for some reason, and I always nailed all my tricks, never did any dead sailors, and um, just had an incredible sense of focus. And um, and I think that's what kind of made me stand out was just focus and the, focus on the long term and uh being smooth and having good well-rounded bike skill from kind of growing up riding motocross around here fair enough and like i find that that is something that like the the competitiveness is something that sometimes gets lost with certain freestylers that maybe didn't grow up on a track uh racing uh for results they they they're just kind of ridden because they love it or they 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 learn their tricks because they they thought it was really cool to do it um when it comes to competition they almost like they're the the idea of competing is so out of their comfort zone that they ended up like like you said cracking under the pressure because they're just not used to being able to just pull the trigger when needed i don't know if that's uh, cultivated through team sport as a, at a very young age or at the at the racetrack or something like that maybe a combination of both but it seems like when the lights are on the pressure's on bright hudson shines bright yeah i mean that's exactly it i don't know what it is for me where i learned it or what i got it from but um i'm taking it and i'm keeping it that's for sure <laughs> fair enough well like as far as like competing goes how long and like do you do you like your your career do you do you do you see yourself competing and actively uh continuing to do uh freestyle or is, is it going to be something that you continue doing until you eventually beat jared at uh at step up and then never give him an opportunity to, as a rematch <laughs> to beat him to beat you back out? in all honesty i think if i ever beat jared and step up it's because he messed up for some reason or his bike blew up <laughs> the guy's the guy's freaking good man so that i'll give is. it to him but you know, honestly, I don't know how long this freestyle career is going to go. I thought 
I thought this year was going to be my last year riding shows and doing X Games and stuff. But then going to X Games and and doing as well as I did, I, I was nervous because I've been working a lot at the office. I haven't been riding as much as I normally have been. You know, I'm I'm really focused on growing my business. And so I was I was nervous going into it, but then getting the results I did, I was like, you know, this is a lot of fun. And um, so that kind of secured my spot for next year, you know. So I definitely want to go back next year and, and give it my all again. Um, but I think everybody, again, is going to come even more prepared next year, kind of after seeing what they did last year. You know, everybody always learns from their mistakes. And so they, don't, they all want to come back and win, too. Um, so we'll see. I think as far as freestyle contests go, I mean, we all know those are pretty limited. There's not really anything out there. So, I mean, it's mostly demos and exhibition and county right. fairs and stuff like that. And so I had a busy year this year and did a couple things with the Freestyle MX Tour. We've been going to a lot of NASCAR events, doing some stuff with Monster Energy. And, and it's great. I love it. I get to interact with fans and travel the world, you know. But again, at the same time, I'm I'm traveling and I'm away from my business. So the business kind of suffers while I'm gone. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where the next year goes. It'd be fun to ride some demos, but at the same time, I I get just as much enjoyment watching my company grow as I did um, is riding demos. You know, it's it's kind of funny how um, just the older you get, your kind of your views and interests um, seem to change. You know, and I'm kind of just enjoying that and and rolling with that tidal wave. Yeah, and you've also got an exciting business that is growing uh, seemingly uh, like uh, on a month-to-month basis. Just hear more and more about uh, Grip Clean, and uh, it, it, like, w- what are some of the the hurdles that you've seen as it starts to grow uh, as a like I guess you like, you call yourself a sole proprietorship to begin with? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're yeah we're a bigger LLC form company now, but um, I mean it's been mainly been me starting it from the ground up and. It's been a learning experience. Like I said, I've been a motocross rider my whole life. So I, I didn't go to college to learn business skills and traits and all the numbers and what kind of margins you need to make on products and stuff. So that's been a long learning process. But same time, it's been fun. And, um, you know, at the same time, I'm grateful that I did ride dirt bikes because the cool thing was when I started this company, I had I still have such great relationships with the people that sponsor me, you know, and, and funny thing is, they sell products too, you know? So I was able to pick Alpine Stars Brain or Troy Lee Designs or Monster Energy. I'm like, hey, what do you guys mark your products up? You know, who do you sell to for distributors? What kind of processing programs do you use? What kind of website hosting do you use? All these questions, you know, and I was always asking everybody these questions and they were so happy to answer them for me, you know? Like, oh, that's cool. I'll talk. You don't want to talk about dirt bikes? Yeah, that's awesome, you know? <laughs> Something different. So that that was a big help, man. A lot of companies jumped in, helped me answer a lot of questions I didn't know. And so that was a big hurdle was just learning the basics, getting licenses, all that kinds of stuff. And then now as the company's progressed, um, now that I got the basics down, I mean, I have growing pains for sure. And that pretty much just comes down to money and having cash to, to buy the things that you want to buy. You know, in business, you, you buy X amount, you flip it, and you now have a little bit more of X amount. And you try to just do it again and again and again. And as our sales are increasing, inventory's got to increase, and um, it's just this cash flow. I'd say was is what I'm learning at the moment. Um, but it's all good. It's fun to learn these things, and um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's there's a million things I've learned. Trust me, we could be here all day. But um, those are some of the big ones, I guess. 
No kidding. And as as someone who uh, also has started a like a, a basically this is all on me and your your business totally on you. Was it difficult for you to uh, uh, kind of de- start to delegate eventually and have people um, like contribute in different ways? To this is your baby. This is like and, uh, and it's basically got uh, your name on it in a lot of ways. As far as like when people th- think grit clean, grit clean, they think of you specifically. Was it difficult to to kind of uh, let some of it out of your hands at certain points? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it still is hard to this day, you know, like I have some people that'll do some social media stuff for me or some customer service emails and then some sales reps, you know, and like the way they word their pitch to pitch the product is different than the way I would word it, you know, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the wrong way. It's just how they would do it, you know, so it's been hard to learn that for sure. But at the same time, like (laughs) I've become so overwhelmed with juggling so many things. I'm kind of like, here, dude, just take it, please. Like, just go. Just go with it and I'll kind of oversee it and make sure you're doing your thing. So, yeah, that's been a real tough part to um, just to trust others to do do different parts of the jobs and delegate tasks. But like you said, it's it's part of the game. You can't grow a company of that size and stature by yourself. You just you just can't. You know, it's not physically possible. So it's important to get that chip off your shoulder and uh, and surround yourself with a good team. You know, if you you're hiring people you're not confident in, then, yeah, you're going to have that anxiety. But. Thankfully, I got some kick-ass friends that are pretty well qualified in some different disciplines, you know, and um, being able to put them in the right position to do the right job has helped. Absolutely. Now, let's, what, what's in a name? What, how does Grip Clean get its name, and uh, and how does that become synonymous now with people working on two strokes, four <laughs> strokes? Doesn't matter what they're working on; they're cleaning their hands afterwards with Grip Clean. Yeah, man, the name was a funny thing. I mean, it was just back in the day, I was like, man, I got to think of the name of this thing. So I would just write down names of anything that had to do with a hand, you know, hand, fingers, grips, palms, whatever. And then I'd go on the thesaurus.com and then I'd type in that word and type in another word for hand and it'd give me like five other words. And I'd write all those words down and then I'd geek out and I'd go farther into those, farther into those, you know. And so (laughs) I, I wanted like a hand cleaner of some sort of type. So I just based it off of those two words and I got like, I still have the journal. There's like 10 pages of handwritten, just different, just words, basically, you know, and then I would, I'd geek out and I'd plug some together, clean grip or grip clean or hand clean or hand medic or whatever. And I'd, you know, start to put some words together. And then you might have a really bitching name where you're like, yeah, that was awesome. Like originally the name was going to be clean grip, not grip clean, clean grip. But Little did I know that name was already taken by somebody, you know, so like you might have a really good name, but you got to make sure it's available too. So that was another thing. And, um, and then grip clean stuck out and it was available and then it was available across, you know, the website domain was available. All the social media tags were available, everything. And it was like, all right, this is the one got to jump on it. You know, it just kind of was sticking out and I bit on it and, uh, yeah, here it is. Boom, and it's uh, they're they're flying off the shelves for a lot of different reasons. What is the most obscure or maybe random reason as to why someone may have uh, like? Is there anyone like a, a random or kind of an obscure usage that someone has told you like, oh yeah, I use it for this? Uh, as far as uh, like the like, I know I just already mentioned that I use it as a, a a skin exfoliant in the in the shower. Not to take you into my shower by any means, but uh, is there any different uh, <laughs> obscure uses that you've been told over the years? Yeah, pretty much the biggest one was just somebody was uh, washing their bathtub with it pretty much. It was like, dude, I was using some Clorox and Ajax and all this stuff, and um, they ended up using Grip Clean, and it, it scrubbed it, and it, it came off amazingly. Um, and then on top of that was 
was my mom. She she was uh, gutty enough to to try it on her sink because she had all this baked on grease and she was using whatever oven cleaner that they have and stuff and uh, it wasn't coming off. And she was like a last-ditch last effort. She pulled out the old grip clean and uh, she sent me some photos. She's like, look, I just cleaned my stove. And so I thought it was mom just being nice, you know, trying on everything. But um, I've had a couple other people try it on some of that stuff too and um, and it works good. So, I mean, it's intended for your hands. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to branch off and tell everybody to uh, use it for that. Oh, crap. As I say this, now I thought of a funnier one. Perfect. <laughs> I gave it to a chiropractor and he said he used it for toothpaste. <laughs> he said when he did, he's like, I was camping. And he's like, I didn't have a toothbrush. Um, he's like, and it was just soap and it's pretty natural. And he's like, and it's got a little bit of abrasive to it. So he put it on his finger and was rubbing it in his mouth, rubbed his teeth with it and spit out some water and boom, he used it for a toothpaste. And I'm like, holy crap. That is one thing I have not done is eat it. So, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Um, that would have to be the wildest one. I'm glad that popped back up into my head while I was talking. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, using it for toothpaste. Uh, I think I might have enough to, to try that later this evening, and I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> but uh, uh, for those who don't have a generous stash of, of, of Grip Clean in their uh, in their cabinet, like I do, um, where where can people find find the stuff? Where can they get it at? Uh, a, is there an online store? Where can they follow it on social media? What's your social media? Give me the whole rundown. Yeah, so you can find Grip Clean product for nationwide and advanced auto parts and car quest. So it's actually one of the nation's largest automotive parts resellers. So we're on the shelves there. You could find it. Um, also on Amazon and then direct on our website, gripclean.com. Uh, all the social media handles is just at gripclean. That's G-R-I-P clean. And then, uh, then my personal Instagram is bhud, B-H-U-D, the number is 96. It's my race number growing up, not Axel Hodges' number. It's mine because I'm older. 96. And, um, yeah, and that's uh, that's all my stuff. So I'd love for people to follow me and check out what I'm doing on the daily. I'm actually pretty bad at posting on my social media regularly. I've just uh, never really got too into it. But I do like to think that when I post something, it's always pretty cool. <laughs> No kidding. It's uh, it's it's not uh, it's not all the time, but when you do post, it's fire, as the kids say. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I am the OG number ninety five. You are the OG number ninety six. <laughs> uh, we're, we're we're brothers in the nineties. I, I can't I can't get on board uh, that other uh, 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 Voldemort style uh, athlete that will not be named. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> It's 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 been a pleasure to have you on the show, man. We're gonna have to have you on again to talk uh, to mock more dirt bikes and just uh, kind of like the the health and wellness of the sport of freestyle motocross. But uh, I know you've got a ton of else other things to go on the rest of the evening, including watching the second half of Monday Night Football. So uh, if 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 it's, if it's if it's all the same to you, we'll cut it off right around there. Yeah, yeah, Brad. Thanks for having me on the show, man. It's great talking. I always love expressing my story and. Uh, for sure any little bit of knowledge I got. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Absolutely, my friend. Appreciate the time. We'll have you on as a repeat offender once again. Maybe call up uh, yourself and the, uh, the that, that short little Australian guy to, to swap some stories at some point. Yeah, that's always fun for sure. So yeah, Brad, thanks again for having me, man. And uh, enjoy your night. Don't hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. <laughs>